weeks from now, I will be harvesting my crops. Imagine where you will be. And it will be so. Hold the line. Stay with me. If you find yourself alone, riding in green fields with the sun on your face, do not be troubled. For you are in Elysium. And you're already dead. <laughs> Brothers, what we do in life echoes in eternity. We are in week two of a series called Tool Time. We're talking about tools for family, tools for relationships, and tools for life. Any job is made easier with the right tools. A few years ago, my father-in-law had a present for me, and it was a tool. And I don't use tools very often. But the right tools can make a job a lot easier. And we're going to be talking about in this series tools that can, ju- that can help us, that can make our family life better, that can make relationships better, and can just make life go a little bit better. Because with the right tools, we can make better decisions. With the right tools, we can heal hurting relationships. With the right tools, we can do what we're going to talk about today is establish the right boundaries. Today's tool that I'm going to talk about is boundaries. And a boundary is something that indicates a border or a limit. And there's something about humans that when we find a limit, we want to get right on the line, close to the border, and live right on the line. You know, crossing this boundary is not always a right and wrong decision. Sometimes it's a better and best decision. But on one side of the boundary, there's a life lived without a lot of regret, a life lived without a lot of hurt. But on the other side of the boundary, there's hurt, there's regret, there's pain, and there's consequences. So how do we keep from crossing the boundaries that matter? How do we stay on and stay within the right boundaries? Like the clip you just saw, the guy said, hold the line. How do we hold the line? How do we stay on the right side of the line? How do we stay within the boundaries? Because like he said, what we do in life echoes in eternity. And a boundary in my life indicates a line that I will not cross, a place that I will not go a compromise that I'm unwilling to make. Boundaries determine how I treat my body. Boundaries determine how I treat other people. Boundaries determine how I spend my time. Boundaries determine how I spend my money. Boundaries determine how I act with the opposite sex. Boundaries determine what I look at on my computer. Boundaries determine the kind of conversation I have with other people. There's a character in the Bible, his name was Daniel. The story of Daniel picks up in about 604 B.C. And King Nebuchadnezzar had gone into Jerusalem and conquered it and taken all of the strong, nice-looking Jewish men, the smart ones, the cream of the crop, and he had brought them into Babylon and tried to turn them into Babylonians. But Daniel had a boundary. He had a limit. He had a place that he had decided he wasn't going to go. The king's goal was to turn all of these nice Israelites 
into nice, smart, producing Babylonians. And as time went on, they were taught the culture. They were taught how to be like a Babylonian, how to walk like one, how to talk like one, how to look like one, how to dress like one. And Daniel accepted a lot of Babylonian culture. But there was a time when he came right up to a boundary and he said, I will not cross it. There's a place that I won't go. There's a decision that I won't make. And his decision was that he was not going to eat food from the king's table. You might be thinking, what's the big deal? Food from the king's table. That's where he drew the line. He said, I'm not going to eat that food. I'm not going to touch it. I just want to eat vegetables. Now, food from the king's table was the good stuff. But Daniel made a decision that he was not going to eat it. He had a boundary in his life. In Daniel 1, verse 8, it says, Daniel determined not to eat from the king's table. So before this nice spread was put before him, before the rack of lamb, before the ribeye, before all the stuff was put before him, he had already decided, you know, when the king puts that spread out there, I'm not going to eat it. He predetermined his actions. He thought about what he would do before he ever got into the situation. He thought about where his boundary was going to be. He thought about where his line was. He thought about what his limit was. Predetermining our actions is key. Thinking about what we're going to do or not do in the future is key. When I predetermine my actions and I'm on this side of the boundary and I've drawn a line and something looks really, really good over there, but I've already thought through it and thought, you know what, I'm not going to go over there. Predetermining that makes it easier, not always easy, but easier to say, no, I've decided that I'm just not going to do that. I'm just not going to say that. I'm just not going to look at that. I'm just not going to act that way. It all starts in our minds. Predetermining our actions starts in our minds. In the New Testament, in the book of Romans chapter 12, it says to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So any action that takes place in my life that's sinful, any action that hurts me or hurts other people, usually is thought of before it's ever acted out. So we need to be careful and predetermine our actions. When I used to work with college students on a few different college campuses over a 12-year period, you know, they start dating and they fall in love, you know, and all that stuff, and they get all the freedom in the world, so the hormones get going around, and, and all of a sudden, they're struggling with immorality. And they're struggling with, well, you know, we're in love, we want to do this, should we do this, should we not? And over and over again, I would say, look, you've got to decide before you, like, get to the apartment or get to the dorm room, because I know what your decision is going to be if you wait till you get there. You've got to think about it before you ever get yourself in the situation where you have to make the hard decision. You have to have a boundary. That's a tool that can change our lives, a boundary. Another thing Daniel did, Daniel acted on his conviction. He was willing to do what he had to do to stay within the boundary that he had set up. Setting a boundary can be a powerful decision in your life. And not only will it help you now, it'll help you down the road. Fast forward in Daniel's life many years. King Nebuchadnezzar was dead. 
King Darius was now in charge and Daniel had been elevated in position in the king's court and he had all of this responsibility. He was still faithful to God, but the king's officials wanted to get rid of him because he was so popular and he was so productive and he was making such a difference. They just said, we got to get rid of this guy. So they got the king to make a law that said, you can't pray to anybody but the king. Well, it came time to pray. Daniel knew about the law and guess what he did? He had a boundary that said, nothing is going to stop me from praying to my God. And Daniel prayed and he got caught. And then he goes before the king. The king throws him in the lion's den. And Daniel knew what the consequences were, but because he had made the small decision about what he was going to eat earlier on, he had had that boundary that helped him later in life when it came to literally a life and death decision. The small decisions give us strength for the big ones. There's four boundaries I want to talk about today that affect all of us. And if we don't have boundaries in our life, our life is just, it's a mess. It's messed up. We're going in all these different directions if we don't have an established boundary in areas of our lives. The first boundary is the health boundary. This one's tough. Talking about our physical health. This one's really tough. You know, God created our bodies to be the place where he dwells. If you're a follower of Christ, if you've stepped across the line into the family of God, God dwells in your body. There's not a place on earth you can go and say, okay, this is the room that God is in. If you're a follower of Christ, you are that room. You are that building. You are that body. So it only makes sense that the place where God dwells, we need to take care of it. So it's important what we put in our bodies by way of food or drugs or alcohol. Daniel made a decision not to eat the royal food because it wasn't good for him. It was a physical decision. It was also a spiritual decision. I'll talk about that in just a minute. But he made a physical decision that this food was not any good and he was not going to eat it. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 19 through 20 says this. Don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself, for God bought you with a high price, so you must honor God with your body. I need to have health boundaries because my body is the temple of God. And also, this is the only one I've got. They haven't come out with replacements yet. This is the only body I'm ever going to have, so I need to take care of it. And this one's hard because crossing the boundary when it comes to our health is fun. It's enjoyable. Things taste good over here, don't they? On this side of the boundary, we eat all we want. Doesn't matter what it is. Doesn't matter what the calories are. Doesn't matter how bad it hurts us. We just eat all we want as much as we can and just yum, yum, yum. We just eat our way into being overweight and sluggish and eat our way into bad health. But on this side of the boundary, we recognize donuts taste really good and a donut every now and then is really tasty and it's okay to eat one. And one or two donut holes is great, but not one or two dozen. So you have to have a boundary that says, this is where I'm going to do something in moderation. I'm going to eat what I want to eat, but I'm going to eat it in moderation. This is important because our bodies and our spirit are really tied together. Then we think, well, why is he supposed to be preaching? What's he talking? Giving me a health food thing. But our bodies and our spirit are tied together. We are inhabited by God when we choose to become one of his children. 
So we need to have a boundary in our life that says, here are things I'm not going to do, I'm not going to allow to happen, and here are some things I will. I'll eat French fries once a week, not once a day. On this side, exercise is switching the remote. It's going back six trips to the buffet because it's sitting on the other side of the restaurant so you can get some exercise and walk back over. On this side, we look in the mirror and we see a body that God created for us to inhabit while on earth and we take care of it. And the things we eat and put into it, we do it in moderation. We need to have healthy boundaries about our health. When we set a boundary, it determines a lot of things that I won't do. A lot of things that are over there are eliminated when I say, here's my boundary, there's where I'm not going to go, so here's where I am. Setting a boundary eliminates a lot of choices in our life. The next boundary is the spiritual boundary. The health boundary is about what we put into our bodies. The spiritual boundary is about what we put into our minds. For Daniel, eating the food, refusing to eat the food that was at the king's table, that food was not just a physical decision. That food was a spiritual decision because by eating the food that was at the king's table, he knows that it would have been blessed by a false god that they would have sacrificed these animals to the false gods and then they would have brought these to the king's table and thus legitimizing these false gods. So Daniel knew it wasn't just bad for him physically. He knew that it was bad for him spiritually to eat this food because it was him saying, I'll eat it, I'll take it, it tastes great. He wasn't willing to do that. He had a boundary and said, I'm not gonna do anything that legitimizes this other God. It was a spiritual decision. Over here on this side of the boundary is where mistakes happen. Over here is where you give in. Over here is where I put things into my mind I shouldn't. Over here is where I forget God. Over here is where addiction starts. Over here is where my computer is littered with pornography. Over here is where drugs and alcohol and bad decisions begin to rule my life. Philippians 4, verse 8, it says this. Summing it all up, friends, I'd say you'll do best by filling your minds and meditating on things true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, the best, not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly, things to praise, not things to curse. Over here is where bad decisions are made. Over here is where the things that shouldn't be continually fed into my mind are fed into my mind. But when I draw a boundary, when I put a boundary in my life and say, I don't want to go there, I don't want to do those things, I don't want to put those things into my mind. If everybody was honest, especially men, if you were honest, you know that at one time or another in your life, you've dealt with temptations that have to do with the opposite sex. It might be through a physical person. It might be through pornography. But everybody, especially males, have dealt with it. Everybody. I used to keep this on the top of my computer. Psalm 101, verse 3. It says, I will set before my eyes no vile thing. Psalm 101 verse 3, how powerful to put that right across your computer screen or whatever it is that might tempt you that says, I will set before my eyes nothing 
that is vile. Over here is where I mistreat people and I judge people and I hurt people with my words. But over here, I've drawn a boundary and I say, those are things that I don't want to do. Those are places that I'm not going to go. The next boundary is a moral boundary. Not having moral boundaries in our lives will mess us up. It will mess up your life. You have to determine where you are and where you want to be morally because we like to walk right up against the line or maybe even on the line. Just get right up against it. And many people fail morally because they don't even know where the line is or they choose to cross it. You know, over here is where bad things happen morally. Over here is where inappropriate flirting occurs. Over here is where affairs happen and marriages are betrayed and lives are destroyed. Over here is where cheating happens. Over here is where lies happen. Over here is where poor moral decisions are made and lived out. But if we choose to have a moral boundary in our life and say, those are places that I don't want to go. Those are places I don't want to be. Those are places I don't want to live the consequences that come from living over here. Because living on this side, outside the moral boundaries that God has set up, brings heavy, heavy consequences. There's always forgiveness. God's always there with his arms out. But there's always consequences to living on this side of the moral boundary. So what we need to do is say, there's a line that I'm not going to cross. There's a place morally that I'm just not going to go. You know, the wise thing to do is to set up the boundary and say, this is where I'm not going to go in my life with my morals and then just back up from it. Just get as far away from the line as you can possibly get. Because we're all human. We're all going to make mistakes. We're all going to make bad decisions. We're all going to have temptation. But if you fall here, it's a lot different than falling when you're right up against the line. Setting a moral boundary will make our lives better, will help us to make better decisions. The last boundary is the vocational boundary. When it comes to my work, I have to have a boundary. I have to have a place where I just won't go. I have to have a place in my mind where I'm not going to allow my work to affect my worth, to affect my family. So like our health, like our spiritual life, like our morals, we need a vocational boundary. It's like this. This is work life and this is home life. And sitting here today, your spouse knows if you have healthy boundaries or not. They know. When I said vocational boundary, some of you spouses automatically thought, well, he or she sure doesn't have that. They have not put that boundary where their work doesn't affect their worth. When you live always on the work side of the boundary, when you're always here and your family's always over there, look who gets left out. They get left out. When we don't have a vocational boundary that says, look, this is my vocation. This is just what I do. It's not who I am. It doesn't make me. It doesn't break me. And like we talked about last week, you could have multiple ones of these careers, jobs in your life, but you only have one shot with your family because they're going to grow up 
You've got one shot. So why spend all of my time or the majority of my time focusing on something that I can have another run at, that I can start over, that I can do something different, and spend very little bit of my time over here with something that God has entrusted me with once? Why do that? It's it's like with our bodies. We got one body. We don't get another one. So why spend all the time there and allowing the most important thing to suffer? When I live over here on this side of the boundary... It rules my life. My profession, my job, my vocation rules my life. And look who gets left out. If I could, I would get everybody a copy of this book. It's called Choosing to Cheat. It's not talking about choosing to cheat morally. It talks about, it's by Andy Stanley, and he talks about how something in your life is going to feel cheated. You can't get around it because there's not enough hours in the day to get all the work done. There's not enough time to get everything done that you need to get done. So something or someone is going to feel cheated. That's either your employer or your spouse or your family. Somebody's going to feel cheated. And this book would take, if you're a slow reader, two hours to read. So if you only buy one book and read it over the next few months, get this book. Because it puts in perspective those of us that have a hard time drawing a vocational boundary and saying, you know, that's just a thing. That's just a a thing I do in my life. But on this side of the boundaries where the really important stuff exists. You know what we do when we live only on this side of the boundary and we focus and put all of our efforts into our vocation, our work side of the boundary, and we leave our family on that side? What we do is we ask our spouse, hold on just a little bit more, honey. Just hang on. Just uh, things will slow down soon. You just got to just wait. Hey, hey, kids, I I can take care of that later. You just got to wait. And every time we do that, we're asking them to hold a rock. Just hold this. And I'm going to go over here and do my thing and get all this done. And then I'm going to come back over here and things will be fine. And our families love us. They support us. Our spouses love us and support us. So they say, okay, I'll, I'll hold this. And then they hold it. And they hold it, and they hold it. And it's not long until physically, if this were a 20 or 30-pound rock, I couldn't hold it. You couldn't hold it. You can for a little while, but then it's not long until the rock gets dropped. And that's when the words, I want a divorce. I want out of this relationship. You need to hit the road. This marriage is over, and the rock gets dropped because We don't draw vocational boundaries. And we say, God, I'm working really hard. I'm putting in my effort. I'm trying to build something here for my family. Please fill in the gaps at home. Please take care of the family. Please make sure my husband or wife feels supported and my kids feel loved. Just fill in. What if we did it the opposite way? What if we said, God, I love my family. I love these kids. I'm going to spend time with them. I'm going to be with them. Could you just fill in the gaps at work? Could you just make that stuff happen at work? Could you put those deals together for me? Which would you rather entrust God with? Wouldn't you rather just say, God, fill in the gaps over there. Raise up somebody to take care of that. And I'm going to spend this time with my family. If there was only one of these boundaries that you got today, I hope it's this one. That we need to have a boundary vocationally in our life that says, you know what, this is as far as I'm going. 
It's not worth it. For dollars, for status, picking that over people, over your family, over who God has entrusted you with, it's just not worth it. And we have to have this boundary and this line where we say, I'm not going to cross it. You know, in reality, we've all lived over here. We've all lived on this side of the line. Spiritually, we've lived over here. Health-wise, we've lived over here. Morally, we've lived over here. Vocationally, we live over here. Outside the boundaries that God has for our lives. We've all done it. We've all lived over here. If you're over here today, you can get back across. You can set a line. You can draw a boundary and you can say, you know what? I'm not going to cross this line anymore. Here's a line, and I'm not going to cross it. I'm not going to go over there morally. I'm not going to go over there spiritually. I'm not going to go over there physically. I'm not going to go over there vocationally. We need to say there's a line in my life that I will not cross. This is a powerful tool, boundaries. Being able to predetermine what we're going to do act on those convictions and draw a line in our life and say, I'm not going to cross it. And like Daniel, we need to draw that line and say, I'm not doing it. I'm not going there. I'm not going to let it happen. I'm going to put some boundaries in my life. I'm going to draw the line and I'm no longer going to cross it. 